Welcome to episode 9 of the Super Junior Podcast. I'm your host, Wade Green. Thank you guys for checking back in. It's All-Star Weekend, so we got to talk about that. But first, I want to introduce my first guest ever on the Super Junior Podcast. Andre, you want to introduce yourself? Oh, thank you very much, Brody. Uh, It's great being on the Super Junior Podcast. Love the intro music. You got to have, like, uh, you should do a different hip-hop hit for the youngsters that listen and for the old heads too, you know, I think they would appreciate that uh, going off your uh, your intro. But um, let's talk about these sports. Yes, a lot of things happened this week in the sports world. Of course, like I just said, we have All-Star Weekend going on right now. We also have the drama going on with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. We also got to talk about the first half of the NBA. Well, not the first half, but... Everything before the also outbreak that happened, we're going to talk about some, some surprises that happened in the league so far, some contenders, some people who we think aren't really going to do anything in the playoffs. We're going to go into the NFL as well and talk about Antonio Brown requesting a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to talk about Kyler Murray declaring for the draft and Kareem Hunt getting signed by the Browns. What is a surprise by that? And Joe Flacco being traded to the Denver Broncos. We're going to talk about that and see what Andre thinks about that. But let's get started with some basketball and the NBA All-Star Weekend. Andre, where do you want to start first with the NBA All-Star Weekend? You want to start... How about right, so, this? We started with uh, the drama before All-Star Weekend, and then we get into the the weekend and all the festivities. You want to start with your favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers? Oh, yeah, the Los Angeles Lakers. You said it right. But I was talking about that uh, initial song you brought into, another hip-hop classic. Got to shout that one out, too. Brings me back to a time when uh, we used to play uh, NBA Live on uh, that PS2 and PS1. So um, way back when, when uh, Jason Kidd was on the cover. Yes. I think it was what, 99, 98? That's yep. a long time ago. <laughs> a little, uh, little, I went way too back. But Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers. So did you hear about the breaking news today and Mr. Dell Demps getting fired? Yes, I did. I heard the news I, that he got I, fired. I don't, want, I don't want me to sound like I'm happy for the black man to get fired because you know I always want my black people to keep their jobs. I want as much black people in the positions as possible. But if somebody deserved to be fired, it was motherfucking Dale Dips. You hear me? <laughs> he let Greg Popovich tell him what to do. He let people from other organizations tell him what to do, tell him how to do his job. What he do on a day-to-day. Now, he probably was in his feelings, most definitely was in his feelings, talking about Magic ain't gonna bully me. Who Magic think he is? Who Magic think he, who Palinka think they are? Lakers? We the motherfucking Pelicans. He probably say, say it with his chest, too. Say it with his chest. Think to himself, oh, I ain't trading him. And then, then then he thought he was winning because he played Magic. Put him on front street. Made Magic put up his whole, a whole starting lineup for his guy. And then he had no intention to take it. And then what did, he, what did they do? Because they because the, cause the head lady in charge is mad that Anthony Davis left after he hurt his shoulder. She wasn't so in her feelings. She she was so mad at a black man 
She on her Liam Neeson shit right now. That somebody had to go. And who was first at bat? Motherfucking damn gems. Now what he gonna do? Because he was trying to please everybody else. Oh my god. Am I wrong? Oh my goodness. Am I wrong? Del Dez got fired because he's a terrible... Well, I don't want to say he's a terrible DM. But I didn't like how David Stern called him out like that and said that he was a terrible GM. That's not right. You're not supposed to do that to a GM. Come on, back. Now, for, now for David Stern to put a, a general manager, any general manager of a team, put him on blast like that, mm, that says a lot. Now, David Stern... It's disrespectful he, he's, he's not, because he's not, there's like, white GMs not, that uh, suck too. Huh? There's white GMs that suck too. And he's never called them out and said, hey, he's the worst GM ever in the league. Like, come on. That's rude and disrespectful to do a to a black man. That's rude. And that's fucked up. But I think Del Dance got fired because you had Anthony Davis for what, eight, nine years, and what did you do with him? Absolutely nothing. Like you put no one around him. And don't get me wrong, like I always say, I don't think Anthony Davis is the and or be all he's not gonna be the guy that carries your team to the championship land. He's never gonna do that for you. He's gonna be the guy next to the guy that does that. He's gonna be the second guy. So I don't think Anthony Davis it wasn't his complete fault and it wasn't even Del Dent's fault, but he could have put better pieces around him. And they didn't have any um luck with health wise. Everyone on their team was always hurt. Drew Holiday was always hurt. Um, Nikola Mirichich, even when he was there, he was hurt. Julius Randle sometimes got hurt, but and then they gave money to Solomon Hill. He sucked, but he was always hurt too. They traded away Buddy Hill. They didn't bring back Ray John Rondo. So all these little things that happened, he deserved to go. But I just it always rubbed me the wrong way what David Stern said about him. That was rude as fuck. Rude. This rude. But that Buddy Hill, they got him to Marcus Cousins. So. But then they let him go. That was the best season he did was last season. Yeah. And then he let his biggest pickups go. Ray John Rondo worked with um Anthony Davis and they let him go. What like what sense does that make? You finally found someone that can go Anthony Davis and could push him to further in the playoffs instead of adding pieces around that core of Ray John Rondo, Nikola Miritich, and Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins. If you want to get rid of DeMarcus Cousins, at least keep Ray John Rondo and have him go alongside Julius Randle. And that still would have been a nice team instead of bringing in Alfred Payton. Someone who's hurt, too. And he didn't do nothing in Orlando. So, Del Dems, he deserved to get fired. <laughs> Regardless. I, I ain't mad. But uh, speaking of the Lakers, though, I think that was the main point. I don't know what's up with them. Um, hopefully, they can make a, a strong run. They get a nice rest, uh, get their mind right. Um, hopefully, they can get Lonzo back, which, truth be told, is a big reason. Spoken People say, like, like there's a report that Kuzma and LeBron are stated that they they missing Lonzo, and they can't wait till he gets back. People are trying to poo-poo it and be like, oh, LeBron just saying that just because he don't really mean it. That may be true, but the fact is... They do miss Lonzo. This defense is much needed, and he runs the show well. Can he we get real LeBron. about LeBron? LeBron will let him. Can we be real about LeBron, please? All right. Andre, let me ask you a question. Who do you blame for the Lakers being where they at right now? Who do you blame the most? 
Since you're a Lakers fan. I don't really blame nobody. What? First, I blame injuries more so than anything else. Because keep in mind, before everybody started getting injured, they was in fourth place. They were a good team. Nobody was saying nothing about them. It was actually flying under the radar, so to speak, in fourth place. Then LeBron got hurt. He pulled his groin. Now, he may have misled people saying that he would be, uh, it was like a day-to-day, and it ended up being damn near a month. But nobody really to blame. Now, I actually thought it was a good idea that they brought in playmakers as opposed to shooters. Now, maybe they shouldn't have brought in as much playmakers as they did because, truth be told, Rondo, Lonzo, and LeBron all play the same position, in my opinion. Now, there's levels to it of how good they are, but they all do the same thing. <sighs> so that's the problem right there. So they try they try to make up for it by bringing in Bullock and his dude Muscala, but I really don't see Muscala getting that much burn. And Bullock, hopefully he can play some defense too, uh, and he could be a set please. shot maker. Um, but I don't see him making too much noise like that. I, w- I would say bring in Melo, but that just might be too many hands in the pot at that point. But I think we're going to get Lonzo back, everybody's healthy, then we could judge from there. Negro, who do you please. give blame to? <sighs> <laughs> you know who the blame goes to? I'm, I'm sick of this. The blame goes to LeBron James. First off, Stephen A. Smith, he was on first take, and he said he spoke to Magic Johnson, and he said all basketball decisions come down to Magic Johnson and Magic Johnson only. It doesn't come from Jeannie Buss or no one else. The final say is Magic Johnson. So, who did they add in the offseason? A bunch of people who don't shoot. Cool. LeBron goes to the Lakers. Before, did anyone think the Lakers were, were a team of shooters or people who can shoot the ball? No. No one on that team can shoot the ball. So, why would LeBron James go to the Lakers when nothing on the Lakers or no one he signed fits around LeBron. No one he signed fits around LeBron. Only person that fits around LeBron is Kuzma and Pope. Those are only two pieces that fit around LeBron. What he likes to do was shooting threes and all that stuff. Those are only two pieces that fit. So my thinking is like, all right, him going to the Lakers, maybe this is LeBron finally trying to show, hey, I could finally groom someone and finally help someone actually be a better player. Because Andre, name me the player that you think LeBron has ever made better in his career? Um, he made Kyrie better. You have to give you have to give him credit. Um, now, you... not, not 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 as not not as far as skill, but he he gave he made Kyrie he put he gave Kyrie that platform to showcase his skill. So in a way, he did make him better because Kyrie was never even getting to that point. He made so Kyrie and, more and popular. That, that, That's what you're saying. But everybody else, everybody else has been. Him and everybody follow him pretty much. He's not. He's not really made people better. Now I make the argument that Kobe Bryant made a lot of plays better, but people may disagree and say he's a ball hog. So no, Kobe. I can like, say Kobe Bryant made Lamar Odom better when he was playing around with Lamar and played with him. He made um, Pau Gasol better. He made he he made those two better. I can say that. But LeBron, he's Pau made Brown no better. one better ever. ever. He just brings people on his team. And Kwame Brown better. Everybody always shits on Kwame Brown. Everybody shits on Kwame Brown. But when he was with the Lakers, he didn't he didn't play any better in his career than he was with Negro the Lakers. Please. Nope, but I digress. 
First off, all right. Anyway, back to LeBron and him not make anyone better. He only LeBron just accentuates what people do good. Like Kyle Culver, he shoots threes good. Go LeBron and he'll help you shoot threes more wide open. He won't make your game better. He's never made anyone's game better. So why would why would Magic Johnson, LeBron James, pick the Lakers to go to when you're gonna be with a bunch of young guys who need the ball, who need to be basically groomed and taught how to play the game still and don't do what you want them to do don't just stand in the corner and just shoot threes they don't do that so what's the point of coming to the lakers you knew what was going to happen with this team and then you wanted to trade all them throw them all for anthony davis so someone that you thought would fit better with you but you knew this team doesn't fit around you because the way you play the game is everyone has to conform to what i do you have to Go stand in the corner. Like I said, you have to do what I do. I dominate the ball. When you play with other players, and this is why KD said this earlier this year, people thought he was hating. Maybe he was. Now that I think about it, he was probably hating on LeBron because, hey, I don't want to play with LeBron because I have to, everything's always about LeBron. Everything's curtailed to LeBron, and you have to change your ways for him instead of it being like, hey, what can I do to help the team? It's like, what can I do to help LeBron James? And further his career and his legacy. That's the thing. I feel like it all comes down to LeBron James. Because LeBron James stepped back and actually said, what can I do to actually help this team of Lakers? What can I be for them? Until he does that, nothing's going to happen for the Lakers this year. Because they can't win playing LeBron James' way. They have to play a different way. They play with Lonzo dominating the ball and LeBron James just playing the wing and going inside. Doing something different. They're not going to win the way they're playing right now. I think LeBron James is the biggest reason to blame. The only reason I brought that up because people want to say that Luke Walton deserves to get fired, especially if they don't make the playoffs this year. I think Luke Walton is doing a pretty good job. Like I think if they would have kept Julius Randle, Julius Randle was showing flashes last year, and he was actually doing something under Luke Walton. Julius Randle now, he's flourishing with the Pelicans right now. I think he would have did the same stuff for the Los Angeles Lakers if he would have came back under Luke Walton's tutelage. So, I don't know. I think more blame deserves to go on LeBron James than Luke Walton or even Magic Johnson. Now, let me preface my comments by saying this. I am no LeBron James fan. You know this for a fact. I I appreciate all he does outside of basketball. Don't get me wrong, but I am no LeBron James fan. But he is a Laker now. He is a Laker now. I'm going to say something that may go with him, along with his narrative. He he probably was of the mindset that Paul George was going to go. Now, what happened first? Now, let me me first make this correct. Did Paul George say he was going to stay in OKC before he went to the Lakers, or what happened first? I, Paul George announced it the day of, like at twelve oh one at the party. So it was like the as soon as free agency started, that's when Paul George said he was gonna come back. And I think maybe like a day or two later, LeBron, he's going to the Lakers. Yeah. So next, everything eighty six with everything I just said. Then. <laughs> LeBron James, <laughs> LeBron James, he knew what he was getting into. He's fully aware. Um. Now, again, I came in front. I liked the idea of putting playmakers around them. I did. It was something different. It changed the pace. You can't continue to do the same thing and expect it to work. But what they need is, more than they need shooters, they need a second guy. LeBron James, 
not only LeBron James, but most everybody, except for only one person I could think of. I forget. I think it was Kenny the Jet, of all people, reminding me of this. Only one person that I can remember that he, that he made me remember that Hakeem. one without a superstar. Only one superstar. Two people. My fault. Hakeem and Tim. And Dirk the Whiskey. And Tim Duncan, too. Nah, Dirk the no, Tim Duncan got Hall of Famers with him. Ginobili, Hall of Famer. The Admiral, Hall of Famer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Tony Parker, Hall of Famer. Dirk Nowitzki, who, who was Dirk Nowitzki playing with? Sean Marion, maybe? Sean Marion. Um, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. He's a Hall of Famer. He was the reason, He was one of the reasons they won. He is a Hall of Famer. Um, But when you think of Jason Kidd, you don't think of him as being... It, no, I can't say that. He brought the Nets to two straight championships. So I, nah, I'll, I'll fall back on that one. Well, I mean, he wasn't—he wasn't a superstar player when they won. The Mavericks won. He wasn't playing at a superstar level, but then I wouldn't say he was a superstar then. Yeah, but yes, yeah. those only those, two. But everybody else, you need that second fiddle. Now, truth be told, but Paul Gasol, Paul Gasol is a Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong. We needed him to win those championships, but. He was more. He wasn't like a level on level match with Kobe. You see what I'm saying? It was Kobe and everybody else. He wasn't an other either. But you know, but you see, I'm talking about let's see, LeBron. He needs like players like Dwayne Wade. He needs players like D Wade. He needs another superstar. He needs another superstar. He was a good player, good, very good, Hall of Fame level player. But when he was when he was with the Grizzlies, out the first round. But so were so were the Chris Bosch and he weighed by themselves. I just don't I just don't like that LeBron James started this bullshit with the heat. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? He everything up. So that's why so um I'm not saying I'm not gonna say Rob Parker stole my idea, but on the show, uh what's the name of it? What's Skip and Shannon Joe called? Undisputed is better than first take, by the way. I don't care. Undisputed is better than first take. Especially this week when they have Rob Parker and um, Chris Boussard. I, I, I like them way better than um, Stephen A. Well, really more Max Kellerman and Stephen A. I feel you. Uh, even um, Greg Jennings held his own. Um, but yeah, that was old school um, first take. Yeah, that was good. But, but yeah. so he stole my idea about how LeBron James. I don't want to hear no complaining from LeBron James about Oh, he had to play the Warriors. He had to play the Warriors. Because if it wasn't for him, there would be no Warriors. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It was he but the idea of, oh, instead of trying to win on my own and getting, like, regular players, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try to play team up with the best of the best in the league, and we're going to win a championship that way. So now you can't then complain about how you, uh, you had to play the Warriors. It's not fair. I took so many L's yes. because of the Warriors. Yes. But you were the reason why they they, they felt emboldened that they could do some dumb shit Preach. like that. But Kevin Durant thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to join a team that can be. It's, uh, he can't. He can't. No, he can't do no complainers. I don't want to hear it. He knows it too. It is hard of hearts. He knows it. But that's why. He, and that's why he left the East and said, "Let me go to the West. Stop taking L's." You don't want to, <sighs> LeBron. So what did you think of Scottie Pippen? What Scottie Pippen had to say about LeBron James saying how he doesn't have the clutch gene? But what I I don't think he meant clutch gene per se. I think he means 
He doesn't have that killer instinct that Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant has. That's the only thing I think Scottie Pippen meant to say. I don't think he actually meant to say that LeBron doesn't show up in clutch moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was um, talking about this earlier with um, Shawnee's brothers, um, Ernest and Devontae. Yeah. They were saying, I was saying to them, like, he's he doesn't have the clutch gene by no means. He had to... He did, he never had it. He was always had the the skills. The skills come like naturally. Cause somebody was talking earlier about uh I think it was Isaiah that Isaiah Thomas that of all the greats, he never really had a great coach, but yet he was so good. So imagine how better he would have been with a great coach to match with his skills. You know what I mean? That was a good point. But that's true. He is he isn't clutch. But he doesn't have the clutch gene, but he has turned himself into a clutch player. I have to give him that. I've seen him do it too many times. Now, at the end, in his heart of hearts, does he want the ball? You know how I know in his heart of hearts, he don't ever, he don't want the ball. And when it really counts, he would rather pass it before he'll take the take the heat for missing and, and um, missing the shot um, or going to the free throw. By God, not the free throw line. Yeah. In the, I don't know what year, but it was All-Star Weekend, speaking of All-Star Weekend, when Kobe was playing, Carmelo, I think KD, one of those All-Star, in the middle, I think maybe, if not the last one, Kobe, before he retired, the one before, where if the game got tight. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. They, and they inbounded the ball. I think Kobe had just dropped, the uh, hit a, like a three-pointer in his eye. It was on like it was like tied or something like that, or it was down by one, and it was him and Kobe one on one. Yep, he passes the ball. He passed the ball to Carmelo to shoot the three in an all star. (laughs) He passed the ball, and then somebody knocked it out of bounds, and everybody's looking at him like, "Why you didn't? Why didn't you do it, man? Like it's time to go. What's wrong with you?" That's how I knew he never wanted the ball. And then he I always do. had that whack ass excuse. Oh, it was a great basketball decision. F the basketball decision. Yeah, I get it. LeBron James is great. And he makes great basketball decisions nine times out of ten. But every once in a while we want to see, like, hey, F the basketball decisions, I'm taking this shot. And you know that with players like Kyrie, um, even Dame Lillard, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. You could feel that. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, you can feel that from those guys. Like, no matter what, they're going to take that last shot. LeBron James, you know he's going to make the right basketball decision. And if he sees someone open, and that's the right basketball play he's going to make, instead of actually forcing the issue and actually taking a shot, you can make the argument saying, hey, he's making the right basketball play. Doesn't that prove that he's great? He's shown that he can be clutch, but also make, the right basketball decisions at the same time. So why can't you be great and just make great decisions and make more shots? Because that's what everyone's arguing right now. Chris Boussard made the argument that um, LeBron James made more clutch shots than Kobe and Michael Jordan. But that's why that's the wrong argument to make. The right argument is at the end of a game, how many times have you seen LeBron James really take over a game when it needs to be taken over? In playoff situations, don't get me wrong, he always comes through like game sits against the Celtics where he scored like 45 points and took over the game. Don't get me wrong, he took over the game. But there's moments where we wait for LeBron James to take over the game and he doesn't do it. 
or he be looking for him to go back and forth with the other team's superstar, and he doesn't show up, and he passes the ball. So that's the reason why the argument is not going to always look the same or Scottie Pippen saying that Kobe Bryant, um, LeBron James is not the player that Kobe Bryant is. I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's disrespectful to LeBron James. LeBron James is way better than Kobe. I know Andre's not going to agree with that, but some people do feel that way. So I'll let you I'll let you take over from there, Andre. Uh, he must be talking about a gentleman named Nick Wright. <laughs> now, I was I was up that I was up this morning. Luckily, I was on the phone this morning, and I see Nick Wright about to go into a whole soliloquy saying nothing but negative things by Kobe being Brian. I knew I knew he was. I just knew as soon as I seen the headline, like, oh, he about to go in on Kobe for no reason. I've never I've never heard him say a complimentary thing about Nick Wright. So I didn't even listen to it this time. But I, I'm pre- I can gather what he pretty much said. LeBron James is not even Kobe Bryant is not even close to LeBron James. If you look at the numbers, look at the numbers. Every metrics, this metric, that metric. I don't give a damn what metric. Kobe motherfucking Bryant on any day, twice on Sunday, is better than LeBron James. LeBron James is gonna put up numbers. You can't help it. He's gonna put up fantastic numbers. One since he's been in the league, the team has been his. The keys were handed to LeBron James from day one. Kobe Bryant had to work his way up. Now, you could, you could say that's a knock against Kobe. He had to build himself up. But from day one, you knew Kobe wanted it. In the playoffs, he shot two air balls in the playoffs. Now, he didn't shoot one or any other rookie. Probably sit, sit him on the bench. He shoot an air ball in the playoffs. Am I wrong? True. They gave him a ball again. He shot another one. And he was ready to shoot another one if they didn't call a timeout. LeBron wouldn't do that. He wouldn't take another shot after shooting the first air ball. He probably wouldn't even first shot the first shot. And truth be told, the person that deserves the most credit in the world is Dwayne Wade for LeBron James now. If Dwayne Wade was never big enough to say, you know what, I'm going to let you have my team and let you do you, let you run the show, let you get your county numbers, and we'll fall in place. Because if that didn't happen, same thing Kyrie had to say, I'm going to sacrifice my skills because at the end of the day, I know you're going to help build me up. But at a certain point, I don't want to sacrifice my skills no more. And I'm tired of seeing you always get getting the shine. I want some shine, too. I've been holding myself back to let you to let you win. That's why he went out. He left and went to Boston. Now he got what he won. Now he he uh, he bitching about, oh, I knew what you meant all this time. I don't want to hear that from you, Kyrie. <laughs> Shut that shit up. He, 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 he probably did it with a reason. <laughs> like he was like he was being petty towards his teammates, whatever. But I don't want to hear it now. You ask for it, you take it. Imagine Kobe being like, "Oh yeah, Shaq, um, I, I see you out there winning championships. I, I miss you, man. I should I should listen to all those times that you was talking to me. Fuck all that. You know what Ooh. Kobe did? He worked fucking harder and got two chips. I'm just saying. LeBron James didn't follow that path. I don't think Kyrie did that to." Um really apologize to LeBron James. I think Kyrie did that to make his teammates apologize to him. Like, yeah, I know what you've been doing. I know, like, you guys don't want to listen to me. I was just like you. I wasn't listening to LeBron. But, hey, look, I should have listened to him. Now I'm telling you guys to listen to me. I know the way. Just follow me. He's trying to play head games with his own team. I don't really think he's trying to make amends with LeBron James, in my opinion. When I heard the clutch jeans question... It brought up to me two two questions. 
my top five, because I always like to revisit that from time to time, my top five NBA players. And then I thought about top five most clutch players. I'm, I have some lists. Let me let me know what you think of my lists. Now, huh, my list is a little controversial, but it's my list. Just, I used to say, oh, go by, oh, the what's politically correct answers. What's mine? I'm going to give mine from now on. Number one, it should be easy to know. Kobe motherfucking Bryant, a.k.a. the Black Mamba. Number two, <laughs> oh, okay. Number two, MJ. Who? Number three. Who? Who did you say? Number two. Michael Jordan. Okay. Yeah, I said that. I, I don't need to repeat myself. You heard me. But I know I understand the man is six to no. I understand the man is six to no. And if people like to say Michael Jordan, Jalen Rose in particular, Michael Jordan. Is the original Kobe's the remix? But shit, back in my day, the remixes was always better than the originals. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the most uh, underrated yeah. players in NBA history. And if this, this is the things that he's done in his career, for me to say he's underrated is blasphemy. But I feel that he doesn't get his just due, mainly because him and Kobe suffer from this. I believe. People, they weren't the, 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 the quote-unquote friendly guy. They wasn't trying to be buddy-buddy, hang out all the time, do all this and that. They wanted to work on their game. They wanted to get better. They wanted to do them. But they didn't want to do all the hanging out and all the other stuff. I am prone to that. But I'm similar in the same way. But that's how they were. As opposed to, say, LeBron James, who wants to be everybody's friend who's buddy-buddy with everybody, who wants to be on every set. You see me, I'm the, I'm not the bad guy type guy. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what LeBron James is. Um, they, they wanted to wear, they didn't mind wearing a black hat. They wore it comfortably, quite honestly. Um, number four. Not bad. Shaq. 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 The most dominant force in NBA history. The most dominant force in NBA history. When at his best, Ain't nobody messing with him. Now, people may say Akeem, but Akeem got pre-Lakers Shaq. He got him young. So, but he gave, he gave him work, nonetheless. Pause. Pause. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> um, but uh Akeem Olajuwon gave him the gave him the um, you know what I meant. But <laughs> then but Lakers, I think he would have gave him work, but he was still a little bit of a good matchup nonetheless. At number five, I got the big fundamental Tim Duncan, which, truth be told, is LeBron James' kryptonite. Well, of course. He beat him when he was young. He beat him when he was supposed to win it. When uh, when he was supposed to win eight championships. He was supposed to have. So he, Tim Duncan's supposed to be six to know. Ray Allen is the only reason why Tim Duncan is not six to know. Thank Ray Allen to this day. I will. I will watch. He got game. Every time it's on, because Ray Allen hit that shot. <laughs> if Tim Duncan would have went six and zero in the finals, I can't. It's, it's gonna make it even harder for me to argue that Kobe was better, even though they came up at the same time. I will always say, great Tim Duncan's the best power for whatever, but Kobe, I give him the notch as the best player of that generation. I will always say that. 
But mm-hmm. I, I can't argue with somebody feel Tim Duncan is the best player of that generation either. So it's a fair argument. And mm-hmm. I got LeBron James falling out of my top five. He's at number six. Now, people... Number six? Huh? Number six? That's low. Yeah. You think Shaq is better than LeBron James? I said, I said it's mine. <laughs> that's, said that's what I'm saying. That's what I said. I said it's my top, said my top five. <laughs> I can't even... I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I can't even really do a top five because I would have to do people that I saw. Oh, damn. I don't even think about this. Um, oh, it's hard, it's hard, hard when you had to put on a spot. I had time to think about it, but it's yeah. hard to think of your top five. You got to look at, like, look at, think of all the players. But yeah, and then my top five for um, uh, clutch players, because I wrote it down. Mind you, I, t- I took time. I had took me time to think of this. I got, let me see. Give me a second. Kobe, MJ, Reggie Miller. Negro, please. Larry Bird. Reggie Miller of all time? Clutch player? Come on now. Of all time? Clutch, he was a clutch shooter. All time. I'm not saying he's an all-time great player. I'm saying he's an all-time clutch player. <sighs> and Ray Allen. Any um, uh, quick players that jump to mind as clutch that I didn't name? Uh, damn it. Paul Pierce? Yeah. I, I, I agree with Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is clutch. Um, Who else? Damn it. Alan Iverson, no, we'll call him Clutch. Damn it. Chauncey Billups. Mr. Big Shot, yes. Caring for those those Detroit those Detroit Pistons against my Lakers back in the day. Don't, don't think I forgot Mr. about Big that shot. one. Robin yeah. Horry, you could say Clutch Shot Maker, but are you talking about like superstar players or just any player that I think that is Clutch? Who do you think is Clutch? Because I had an argument with What's his name? Devontae. About what's clutch. Because you have the the role players who are clutch, and you have the stars who are clutch. Those are two different lists. lists. Yeah, because role and players that are clutch, Robert Ori is like number one on that list of role players that are clutch. Robert Ori, Eric Fisher, yeah. Manu Ginobili. Ginobili. But Ginobili's not no role player, though. <laughs> he's role not a role player. player but he's, he's like an other. He's a sixth man. Man, that's disrespectful to say Ginobili's is an other. <laughs> Ginobili's an other. Nico, please. No, no. Ginobili is an other like Chris Bosh was an other. You feel me? Even Chris Bosh. But Ginobili was better than Chris Bosh, too. Come on now. Who do you think had a better career, Ginobili or Chris Bosh? Or was he even a better player, Ginobili or Chris Bosh? On his back by himself, he was the guy. I've never seen Ginobili be the guy. That's the only okay. That's the only way you can differentiate them. But I will take Ginobili over Chris Bosh any day. You yeah, taking you people... picking Chris Bosh on your team? Yeah, I'll take Chris Bosh on my team. So you tell me, <laughs> all right, so if we did like the all star lineup and Ginobili and Bosh are left, you're gonna take Bosh over Ginobili? Over prime Ginobili? Yeah. A prime Chris Bosh over Prime Ginobili? Yeah, I'm taking Chris Bosh. Oh my goodness. Wrong. Chris Bosh played defense. Like Chris Bosh played defense. And he was the stretch four before it was really stretch four. The real first person I seen be a stretch four, I think they said it was Bill Lambert, but the person I seen was Rasheed Wallace. Yeah. He was like one of the first stretch fours I remember. Sheed. I think he up for the Hall of Fame. Him and Chris Webber. Truth be told, I think Chris Webber should have got in last year, and Grant Hill, his Duke ass, 
should have waited to this year to get in. He does not deserve to be first ballot. Can Clutch be like dudes that you know that will take over games? Because you know, like Dwayne Wade, he's hit some clutch shots, but you know he's not really known for that hitting big buzzer beater shots. But he can take over a game. He could take over a series. Kyrie Irving, he could take over a series and or take over the end of a game for you. Michael Jordan, same thing. Kobe Bryant. That's the argument for LeBron James. Do you think, where's LeBron James on that list? Like, where would you say, like, oh, LeBron James, where would you have him on a list of players that, damn, I'm afraid that he's going to take over the series or take over the end of a game, and that's it. Because me, I would be more afraid of, like I told you, Kobe, Michael, Kyrie, Dwayne Wade, players like that to take over the end of a game. Like, I'm afraid of them because I know once they get going, it's over. But where would you put LeBron on that list? Right. So that's why I was stating they have the clutch players. My definition of clutch, I think, is fourth quarter, you're either tied or you're down. Mostly. Tied or down mostly. Not If you're up, it's easier. You're tied or down. And you could say to this person in the fourth quarter, we kick you the ball every play. And they'll say, I got it. And then they'll go and execute. That I don't think LeBron's in the top five, really, in that. Now, because you know, because the reason you bring that up is because they've they've changed the narrative. And truth be told, I've been saying it from jump. The reason why he has more hit more game winners more than Kobe and Jordan, he's played more playoff games. The man is always in the fucking final. Now that may that may be. Uh, 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 a feather in his cap. Granted, that's not his fault. He's always in the finals. Somebody should have beat him. But the nigga's always in the finals. So how many extra games is he playing? So, of course, he's going to end up taking more shots and making more shots. He just has more opportunity to do it. But as far as he, now he can take over a game. He's shown he can do it given the fourth quarter. He dropped like 22 in the fourth quarter before. Was it against um Boston? He did it against Detroit. The, yes, that's the one time I ever seen him do it. Against Detroit, they gave him the ball every 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 play down the court. They gave him the ball, and LeBron James made a shot, and that was amazing. That was like, yo, that's when I noticed like this nigga's gonna be a problem. But since then, when's the last time you seen LeBron James really like take over a game? Like, you know what? Give me the ball every possession, and I'm gonna make a shot. Like that game. The finals game last year, we had the 50 points. Why the hell is this nigga passing the ball on the final play to George Hill? You scored 50 points. You're balling in this game. What the hell possesses you to pass the ball on the last play of that game? Of all games. I can understand if you're like 3 for 20, you have your shot all game. You've been struggling. Let me just make the best basketball play. But you're balling. Ball, you have this team down, you might win the game. And you give the ball to George Hill to decide it, and then you let chaos ensues with J.R. Smith. And I have a theory about J.R. Smith, too. I think there's a conspiracy going on with Cleveland and what they're doing to J.R. Smith, but I digress. Like I said, LeBron James, he should have took that last shot in that game against Golden State last year. That showed me, like, damn. Where's that LeBron from when they played Detroit? That's the LeBron I want to see. If he play like that all the time, there's no doubt he's the greatest player of all time. And I will stop criticizing him whenever he does anything on basketball. I say that series 
was pretty much a microcosm of his career. Now, he could put up crazy numbers, ridiculous numbers, to basically show that he's doing his job. And if, it, if they don't win, he did his job. It's everybody else's fault. He says that. Yeah. And then, instead of, like you said, he had like 50-some points in the game. Instead of going and finishing the game off himself, the one that he took over, he is comfortable passing it off to somebody else. But like you said, if he wasn't hot, even if he just had like 30 points that game and he wanted to pass it, okay, this man was cooking. Cooking. He's decided to pass it in the most crucial of moments. Why would you want the ball in anybody else? And and the most important part, what's his name? Steph Curry was guarding him. Steph Curry, the worst Warriors defender, the one that everyone wants to be guarding them. Steph Curry was guarding him, and he passed the ball. He passed the ball. Like, come on. No one else would get away with that. That's the essence of what Scottie Pippen is talking about. He's not saying LeBron's not great. Nobody is. People, people like Max Kellerman, even Stephen A. was highly disappointed in him saying it, that LeBron is just better than Kobe hands down now. It's very disrespectful. <laughs> and the same conversation, I heard Stephen A. this morning talk about Magic had to have a conversation and you to fall back in all this talk in your top five. I, I think it, it was, essentially. Magic had to school him. I think Kobe would come and school him, too. Because he's getting ridiculous in his talk. Oh, it's hands down, not even an argument. Uh, LeBron is better than Kobe. I, I find that very disrespectful. But um, LeBron James, um, he'll be in top five in rebounds, points, assists, whatever. He'll get those numbers. But I grew up, when Kobe Bryant got the ball in the fourth quarter, they needed a win. He did it. He came up and showed up and showed off. Basically, every time, for the most part, I will say every single time, but for the most part, I can bank on Kobe taking over the game and hitting them these ridiculous shots that he has no business taking yep. and making it. And everybody's in awe of this, this man doing this. Why is he doing this? And he would never in a million years pass the ball when the, with the game on the line when he's been cooking all game. If they ain't stopped me yet, why they gonna stop me now? That's why I love Russell Westbrook too. Because Russell Westbrook, he won't pass that ball even if he went one for 20. He won't pass that ball up at all. He will take that shot every single time, no matter what. Now, Russell Westbrook, sometimes he needs to learn when to pass it like LeBron James. Once he had that little gene in him that said, damn, maybe I should pass it once in a while. But nine times out of ten, I know at the end of the day, if I, my best player is Russell Westbrook, I know he's not afraid to take that shot. LeBron, I don't want to say that he's afraid. But there's been times where it's proven that he won't be most willing to take that shot. And that's the difference between him, Michael, Kobe, Kyrie. And that's why you need someone like Kyrie back on the scene. Someone that can, you know what? Here, this I'm going to carry you the first three and a half quarters, last six minutes of the game. Kyrie, here's the ball, take it. I've seen Kyrie do it. Only thing wrong with Kyrie, he can't stay healthy. But I've seen Kyrie go back and forth with Kawhi last week and go shot for shot, pull out the game against Kawhi Leonard. That's why, I don't know if you're done with this whole LeBron James talk, but what do you think about Kyrie Irving and the Celtics? People saying that the Celtics don't need Kyrie to win the title or the Celtics are fine without Kyrie. First, I just have to say this before we go into Kyrie. 
the, the shit LeBron James did at the end of the finals, coming out with that bullshit ass cast, was <laughs> did you see what face says Kevin Durant was the weakest move. So that was the weakest move in NBA history. I just want that to be known. I want everybody to know. I said that that was the weakest move I have ever seen an athlete do. He did quit. Though. I, and I, quit. I and I and I we can always bring that up at a later time. But Kyrie, on the other hand, he they do, they need him at the end of the day because he's the person that's gonna get him over the hump. They're not gonna get over the hump without him. They should take him. He may be nice, but he is not that as that nice to get over Golden State by no means. So Kyrie is. He's done it. And um, I would say for the players on there that complain, oh, we play better when Kyrie is, is out, the only reason you're playing better is because you're having more opportunities. So instead of bellyaching about him being out there, you know he's going to beat out there. Why don't you relish your role, step up in your role, and if you got to take 12 shots instead of 16 shots, so be it. Make those 12 shots work. And maybe Kyrie will get the ball to you more often. Now, Kyrie, he has been trying to get the, move the ball more. But at the end of the day, he plays how he plays. You got to fit around him at the same time. Actually, that's the thing I actually commended Kyrie about. Because when he came out with those quotes that we talked about earlier about him saying, calling LeBron and stuff. When he came out with that, I was a little mad at him. Because I was like, you know what, Kyrie, if you're going to do that, you actually have to be a leader and actually step up and be willing to sacrifice some part of your game to help the team out. So seeing him actually pass the ball more, he was getting more assists, getting double-digit assists like almost every night out recently. Seeing him do that, that actually showed like, hey, I'm trying to sacrifice my game so you guys can sacrifice some bits of your game. But that also comes to coaching. And Brad Stevens, I know everyone is like, oh, Brad Stevens and that's great pop, he's a Nets great coach. But at the same time, Brad Stevens needs to like, actually give the players roles on the team. I should tell them, like, hey, Jason Tatum, I want you to be, I don't know, be be the post-up area guy, stay on the post, and run off screens. Jalen Brown, I just want you to just slash, just cut to the basket, play defense. You could be a 3 and D type guy, or you could be that slasher who plays defense like Sean Marion was. Just do something, just do something to help the team. Morris, he could be like their Draymond Green that gives them attitude that actually hits shots. He doesn't like set up offense that well, but he can be a good person that can spray the floor for them. They have pieces on their team that can actually work, but like you said, they have to be willing to like know your role. Brad Stevens, give him a role, and Kyrie, just do your thing because we all know, like you said, they're not beating no Golden State Warriors without Kyrie Irving. I know, and Greg Jennings, that's the only thing I was mad about Greg Jennings about while he was on Undisputed this week. Him saying that they got Gordon Hayward back. They could beat some teams. No, they can't. Gordon Hayward is a shell of himself right now. He's not healthy right now. So he's not going to do anything for the Boston Celtics when it comes to beating the Golden State Warriors. So he's not going to be that real Kyrie Irving, on the other hand, he's going to help you beat the Golden State Warriors because, he, like you said, he knows what to do. And he got that clutch. He could take over a series. He could take over a game for you when you really need it. Yeah. Gordon Hayward is definitely a liability. And like you said, he's not himself right now. He'll get there, hopefully. But I always felt they need they need more players like um, Marcus, the Marcus Twin. Yeah, Marcus name? Morris. Marcus Morris yeah. And Marcus, need more of those guys. They had too many guys that need the ball, like Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Kyrie, um, Rogier. They all need the ball to be effective. They just have to find a way to do other stuff. 
and that's on them as much as it is on Kyrie to figure out he needs to use them more. It goes hand in hand. But you can tell from the people they, they work out with. Jalen Brown was working out with Trace McGrady. Jalen Brown trying to mirror his game after Trace McGrady. That's not going along with Kyrie Irving because Trace McGrady dominated the ball and he was more of a playmaker as well. That's why Jalen Brown just needs to work on his defense, lock some people down, and then on the offense end, just get some hustle points. Just be that guy that grabs offensive rebounds, be that guy that gets easy layups, just do backdoor cuts, go off screens, do stuff like that. Do simple stuff in the offense. And then same thing with Jason Tatum, he's just gonna he's gonna have to be that second guy. Set Jason Tatum up to be your second, your second fiddle in the offense. That could be your, your group. Kyrie and Jason Tatum be the two guys, and everyone else just fit in around them. Fit in where you get it. Terry Rozier, you can still have your same role where you come in off the bench and you can like lead that unit and be that guy for that unit. But when you come play with Kyrie, just fit around Kyrie and Kyrie keep including your teammates into the game plan. Let's keep getting the assists because that's what's, that's what's going to make the team better at the end of the day when he plays. And they win it right now. But when it comes playoff time, they could beat Philadelphia without Kyrie. But I don't think they could beat Toronto and uh, uh, the Bucks. Maybe after they could beat the Bucks without Kyrie. Maybe. It depends on Mike Budenholzer and the Greek Freak. Yeah. Uh, the playoffs... Brad Stevens, it basically, it'll help him show himself as a good coach better in in the playoffs. But I, I, truth be told, I don't know. It's really a toss-up in the East for me between the top four. Um, How do you like seems the like trades? Not, huh? How do you like the trades so far? The Bucks trade, the Philadelphia trade, and Toronto's trades. How do you like those teams' trades for their team so far? Um, so Paul, Paul Gasol's been playing good for the for Toronto. Nothing too crazy. Why seem to take a lot of games off of late? He's, I don't know if he really be hurt or he'd be like, oh, I don't feel like playing today. Um, <laughs> they let him do whatever he wants. Yaka, but Siakam is a baller. Surprisingly. Uh, I didn't know he was that nice. I, right. He's so much of a baller. I would have traded Kyle Lowry if I could have and just blow that whole regime up and get another point guard, a Mike Conley type. Probably yes. would help, but they should have just traded Mike Conley and Marcus for Kyle Lowry and Jonas Valanciunas. If they would have let that go down, I would have took that trade. Yeah. Mike Conley will win the title. They're, they're, um, he hasn't played yet, so the Bucks still the Bucks. Giannis doing his damn thing. The Sixers they lost without uh, Boston having Kyrie with their new top four, but they haven't played that much together yet. So give them some time, make it work on it. During the All-Star break, a little bit, get a few practices in, and let's see how they do in Boston. Boston is Boston. They're going to do what they're going to do. Um, like I, right now, I don't I don't know. Um, it's a toss-up for me. But, if I had, if you put my foot to the fire, I would go with Toronto. I think Toronto's going to win, too. But did you hear what um, oh, you hear what Shaq had to say about Joel Embiid <laughs> and him needing, he's kind of saying what you said about Joel Embiid not needing to take so many threes? And that's the reason why they lost against Boston. Yeah, because yeah. Al Horford's in his head for some reason. He need to take his big ass in the in the post and jump hook Al Horford ass to death. That's what he does. But I watch that game. I'm like, why does thing keep pulling up? Jordan B, take your ass down low. You told Al Horford. I guess Al Horford's like he's shorter and he's probably a little stronger than him. He can hold his ground better. But Philly, oh, man, I don't think they're gonna win. I think Jimmy Butler's still too focused on making his money, and he's not really actually doing what he can actually do to help the team. 
Because right now, Jimmy Butler, all he needs to do for the team to win, just be a lockdown defender. That's all he needs to do. Just be a lockdown defender. Be their Paul George, where you're like the best defender. Be their best two-way player. Be the best two-way player on the Eastern Conference. That's all you need to do. And then you can occasionally show what you can do on the offense and if they really need you. But defensively, just be solid. Lock down their opposing team's best player, and you'll be fine. Tobias Harris, he don't seem like he care about shots. You fit in where he fits in. And then Ben Simmons, I have really nothing else to say to him but get a jumper. And Joel Embiid, stop shooting threes. But other than that, until Jimmy Butler actually plays like the best two-way player in the Eastern Conference, I know Kawhi's there and Giannis is there, but Jimmy Butler has the ability to be the best two-way player on that side. I know Kawhi is a damn good defender. I know Giannis is too, but Jimmy has the potential. Yeah. Yeah, he would be the X factor because Tobias Harris, he'll play his role because he's been he's been a, a other for a very long time. So he has no problem being the other. Jimmy Butler had a problem being the other, which is why he's that way he's at now. So he is the X factor. Yep, they're gonna need him with going up against Giannis and um Kawhi because they're gonna need someone to shut them two down. Who do you think they'll put on um on those two? Jimmy. They're gonna put Ben Simmons on him. Ben Simmons can play some D, but I don't think he can lock up those two. But we're going to see what happens in the Eastern Conference. But let's get into the surprises you have from the season so far. Who's your, like, your biggest surprise team? Good or bad surprise? Biggest surprise to me is, I would say, surprising the Nets. Uh, D'Angelo Russell showing he could be the guy on a team. I was a little bit surprising. Um, we got those Knicks ball, the Nets. Laker. Nets balling. Yeah, another ex-Laker, by the way. <clears throat> um, Luka Doncic was a good little surprise. Um, Paul George, really. <clears throat> What's the biggest surprise? I did not see this out of Paul George. <laughs> At his best at his best in Indiana, he wasn't doing this. Paul George is on another level. And like I told you before, he's my MVP. Ahead of Giannis. Giannis started hot. Ahead of uh, Harden. Randy Harden was doing it by himself. But... I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of Harden. I'm gonna be real with you, and and I think his game is elevated, but Paul George's game is elevated more. The gap is bigger for Paul George from last year Hell to yeah. this year. Hell yeah, I agree. Especially about Paul George being MVP. I want to start a campaign for Paul George to get MVP because I think everyone's just gonna vote for Giannis and James Harden because Giannis is the great freak and. James Harden is just they take away from, They take away credit from Paul George because he has Russell, who's averaging triple-double. But that's but the I exact reason that, why you should give it to um, Paul George because Westbrook is, understandably, he does everything else. He, he plays great defense right now. He gets his assists. He gets rebounds. But he is erratic on the offensive end. So, basically, he has to, Paul George has to fight with Russell Westbrook to get the team right. Russell Westbrook, like last night's game against the Pelicans, Russell Westbrook had a great game, a great game. But he did. He had some plays down the stretch where he made the wrong basketball decision, taking ill-advised threes. He was making his three-pointers, but the man took damn near 12 three-point shots. Russell Westbrook has no business taking 12 three-point shots ever in his life. He had a great game, scored 44 points, but he had terrible decision-making. And that's the things that... Paul George has to deal with when Paul George is, ki- is cooking and Westbrook wants to jack up a three-point shot. 
Albeit, last night is not a great example of Paul George because that boy Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday needs a little more credit in the league because he can play some defense. He was shutting down Paul George last night, which was impressive. Not shutting him down, but, you know, he was giving Paul George some, some fits last night. And like you said, Paul George is playing on another level this year. MVP. Another surprise, I would say the, the Kings. In the beginning of the year, I thought the Phoenix Suns would be the team, like the younger team that will like finally get it right. But the Phoenix Suns still suck. I thought them getting DeAndre Ayton and having him with Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, Josh Jackson, and Trevor Ariza and Jamal Crawford, that would be like a good little mix to finally like actually do something. They got a new coach down there that was supposed to be good. They actually did nothing this year. So I was surprised with them. And I was surprised that it was the Kings that actually stepped up this year with De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. And now they just got Harrison Barnes. I think they can make a run this year in the playoffs. Um, Who else was a surprise? The Nets, like you said. I wasn't really surprised with the Nets because I always, in my mind, I look at the Nets. They look like the Nets are basically the Portland Trailblazers. The only thing, the Nets don't have Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum. But they have pieces on that team that are actually pretty good. And they get a star that play all next to them. Looking like if you get another big star to come play with D'Angelo Russell, you never know. Maybe a star that can play with them if Boogie Cousins is healthy. I wouldn't mind seeing Boogie and um, D'Angelo Russell play together in the Easter Conference if Boogie's healthy. I think yeah. he'd be a good good addition to that team. Boogie would have to play the four. Boogie would have to play the four. You don't have to pay no four. Oh, yeah. I think Allen is a pretty good center they got. Is he really a starting center on your team, though? Like, you think he could be a, like a solid starter? <laughs> he's a solid starter, but he's not. Like, he could come off the bench for you if Boogie's on the team. He could be a, a person that could be a good, like, rotation big for you that can come in and still give you that same defense that may not give you the same offer, but they still can have that same level of defense or even better defense than Boogie, actually. But Boogie plays some defense, but he doesn't, like, block shots like um, Jared Allen. But, yeah. That could be a good landing spot for Boogie. That's it. The surprises for me, just the, the Kings, Paul Jones, like you said, the Nets, and also the Bucks. actually. I was surprised by the Bucks because I didn't think, because the Bucks weren't that good last year. It's basically the same damn team from last year, and all of a sudden, they look way better. Makes you really question what the hell Jason Kidd was do- thinking or doing with Giannis, but we shall see. And so, who do you think is going to be like one of the, the contenders? Like one of the real teams going forward, heading looking into the playoffs that can challenge the Warriors. Um, the top four, the top four in both conferences, uh, the, the team with the be- in the Western Conference. We'll start there. Uh, out of all teams, the best, the best team, with the, the team with the best option is the OKC, the Rockets. I don't believe, though, I don't believe in James. I don't believe in James Harden. Damn sure don't believe in Chris Paul. Um, who else? Uh, the Portland. Trailblazers, they you know what they are. They all about they, Portland. They, they added no. Ennis Cantor. You didn't like them adding Ennis Cantor. They added oh, Rodney Hood. You still don't like those very, moves? Very good pickup. Very good pickup. Another is might as well get a second Rodney Hood. They do this. <laughs> they, they're good players. Now don't get me wrong. Ennis Cantor is better than Rodney Hood, but still not good enough to get you over the hump. Unfortunately. But he's a good. I that's agree. a good solid pickup. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna poo poo that. They got better at the end of the day. But lateral moves. 
What about uh, Marquis? What about that Morris brother going to? That was a pickup. Going to that OKC. That was a big pickup. He fits right in with their with their whole their whole their whole culture. A hard nosed defense. He spreads the floor. That was a big pickup. The, a little it's a little piece, but a big piece. The same thing with Schroeder. A little piece you wouldn't think, but it was actually a very integral piece in making them better this year. Sam so, Preston, like said, he fleeced. OKC. He fleeced Atlanta. I don't care. I know Atlanta didn't like Dennis Schroeder, but he fleeced Atlanta. The change Carmelo Anthony into Dennis Schroeder. It's fucking amazing. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was amazing. Yeah, so OKC, I see them as the biggest, the biggest threat. Now they can't be losing games to the Pelicans. When I seen that, I'm like, that's this is the exact reason why people don't take them seriously. No, and no, this, no. I was thinking, Dennis. Dennis Shooter didn't play. Like that all the time. Dennis Shooter didn't play. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant has been balling this year for them. He has a three point shot. He didn't play. <laughs> so they not every they weren't healthy that game. I'm gonna give them a that excuse. They weren't healthy. And it was a day before the All-Star game. So I'll let that slide, them losing. But they do lose some inexplicable games sometimes. That pissed me off. I'm not going to lie about that. But the biggest surprise of all the surprises is Dirk Nowitzki is in the three-point contest. <laughs> That's what we're talking about surprise. You think he got a shot of winning this weekend? Uh, but how about in you know, every event? Kind of want Dirk Nowitzki to win. That would be dope. Because you know I wanted Vince Carter to beat in the dunk contest. Of course, he decided against it. But that would have been dope. Or bring, or like a, uh, if you want to talk about vintage, bring that back the same year. that Because he got to he gotta retire it too. I don't think he's going to play another year. So he, him, Dwayne Wade, and Dirk Nowitzki need to have a nice little farewell party this All-Star weekend. Dwayne Wade had his own farewell party. That's rude. Huh? You saw they had Dwayne Wade had his own little farewell party for himself. Um, Charles Barkley said he went to it to like go um, speak at it. I think last night on TNT. But yeah, he had his own little farewell party at the All Star. Dirk Nowitzki didn't have one. <laughs> that was so messed up. It's rude. Well, I didn't mean party as a real party. I meant his party as in the weekend, like Dirk Nowitzki on three point, Vince at the slam dunk, and Dwayne Wade in the game. And I think Dirk's in the game too, though. But that would have been cool. But who I think is going to win three point contest? I'm going with my boy Seth. Not Steph, but Seth Curry to win the three point contest. All right. All right. Let's look at the list of who's in this three point contest. We'll pick that up. I know Seth Curry's in it. Steph Curry's in it. Damian Lillard. um, Dirk Nowinski. Buddy Heald is in it from Sacramento. Chris Middleton from the Bucks, Kemba Walker, Danny Green, Devin Booker, and Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets. From that list, I think Buddy Heald, Buddy Heald or Damian Lillard are going to win. Like, I think Sacramento, they got to show and prove, like, hey, we on the map. I think Buddy Heald is going to try to put Sacramento on the map and show that we, we coming. Are they coming? I don't really like the ceremony, but they coming. Yeah, I think that's gonna win. I think a dark horse. Who do you think? Is, who do you think a dark horse is gonna be? Like might pull it out in a three point contest. Yeah, I told you. I said Seth Curry would be a dark horse. I picked him to win, and my dark horse would be Dirk Nowitzki. Oh my God! You he really got first that? legs. He don't ever play. You he really believe play. that Dirk Nowitzki's gonna win? What else? What else does Dirk Nowitzki have to do besides shoot the ball in practice? He don't play in the games. 
He could barely move. Anyway, I wouldn't pick him. I would have picked Joe Harris. Joe Harris of the Brooklyn Nets. I'm picking you to be the dark horse of the three-point shootout this year. I'm picking you to make it to the finals and lose to Buddy Heald. What do you think? The skills competition, you want to talk about that? I don't really care about skills competitions. It's Luka Doncic, Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox, Michael Go Conley. Well, this is the bigs versus the smalls. Nikol, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Kyle Kuzma, and Nikola Vucevic. Jokic. Jokic? Uh, everyone's going to pick Luka Doncic. I think he might. I, I'm pretty sure he is going to win that. But I'm going to go with someone that no one's even thinking. I'm going with Vucevic. Vucevic. He can shoot okay. threes, just like Jokic. And I don't know if he has a handle, though. I should have checked before that, but I'm going to pick Vucevic. Orlando gets no love. So we're going to pick Vucevic. What about the slam dunk contest? Dennis Smith Jr., Miles Bridges, Hamade Diallo from the Oklahoma City Thunder, because I know no one knows where he's from. John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks. He had a nice dunk tonight in the the Rising Stars game. I'm mad that Dennis Smith Jr. wasn't in the Rising Stars game because he's he's a second-year player. He deserved to be in the Rising Stars game. But who do you have in the dunk contest? Um, I know the favorite is Dennis Smith Jr., but I'm going to go with dude from OKC. He got he got some hops. He got serious hops. He's from Left Rack City in Queens. So I'm going with NYC all day. I'm going with Diallo. I don't know his name, but I know he played for OKC. I see him in the game sometimes. He do got some he got some crazy hops. Dennis Smith Jr. is the favorite, but I'm going with him to win it in an upset. Hmm. I agree with you. I'm a New York Knicks fan, so I'm I'm going with Dennis Smith Jr. to win this one. But I don't agree that Hamadi Diallo is the dark horse. I think the real like upset person, I think Miles Bridges is gonna come through. Even though I did see, like I said, I saw John Collins have a great nice looking dunk tonight. But I'm going to go with Miles Bridges, even though I really do want Dennis Smith Jr. to win at the end of the day. Because I want to put New York back on the map <laughs> with a dunk contest. Oh, is that it for, for NBA? Yeah, pretty much. That's it for the um, NBA. Game, I really don't care who wins the game. I, wish, I actually wish they would go back to the old format, East versus West. Um, who do you think is going to be the MVP? MVP? Who do you think is going to actually try to go for the MVP this year? Russ. I always think Russ is going to try to go for it. Like he's every year go for it. Um, Steph because he's in because he's in in his home state, but he's the type that probably let it let it slide. But I think he'll go for it. Who else? I think PG. I think PG needs to go for it. Get people to actually start talking about him. Cause I don't think people really been looking at Paul George play this year. I think people really need to see him play against other real stars to show, like, how nice this dude is playing right now. Because I think if he locks down and plays defense and shoots the three like he's been shooting the three this year and get into the basket the way he's been getting into the basket, I think he's going to try to show out and show, like, I'm the real MVP. Like, I'm better than most of these players on the court right now. So I really want to see Paul George get that MVP this year. But, you know, you're right. Russell Westbrook, he's definitely going to go hard, as he always does. And Steph, too, because they are home. And Kemba. Kemba's another one that's going to... I hope Kemba try to go for it. I don't think he would, though. He has that that instinct in him to, like, go after it. I think he'll go go for it. If, the, if they urge him to do it, I think he'll do it. That's the NBA All-Star Weekend. I can't wait to see it. 
We're going to check back in next week about the basketball, but we're going to move on into football. Football. I completely forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode, but Colin Kaepernick, he settled with the NFL, him and Eric Reed, and let's put a round of applause. Especially since this man is reported that he might be getting 60 to $80 million in a settlement from the NFL. Sixty to eighty million dollars. I know you don't really know what the figures are, but if it's close to that, Colin Kaepernick, great job, great, great job on on doing that. Finally, some justice with Colin Kaepernick. What do you think about that, Andre? I guess he got compensated for being blackballed. He wasn't going to make that money in the NFL, though. Let's be really real about it. He got lucky, but I would not kind of contradict with the whole thing of him taking a knee. I guess. He was taking a knee for injustice among black people as a whole. Not he wasn't his fight wasn't really against the NFL, so he got paid for him being blackballed essentially. So he keeps all the the information silent that that he I guess the proof he had that they were trying to collude and shut him out the NFL. So he got compensated for that. I guess if you want to look at it that way, it's cool. But um, I'm I ain't mad the man got his money. He got more money than he would have made if he hadn't that took that knee. Uh, even though I don't think he did it for the money, but um, it's a nice consolation prize. I ain't going to lie. I saw someone say that he sold out for taking the deal. But how is he selling out? If basically the NFL is willing to pay him 60 to $80 million to shut him up and not get this case heard so we all know what they possibly could have done, if they want to pay him that much money, Obviously, they did something that proves that they were actually colluding against him. For them to want to pay him sixty to eighty million, now he basically got an NFL contract, not ever having to get hit ever again. That's guaranteed money too. Sixty to eighty million dollars is probably more than that. I understand he didn't stay true to the cause that you want to feel like, but all that money is probably gonna go. We don't know what he's gonna do with that money. He could be giving all that money to his foundation. And I know your rights foundation, so we don't know. We just don't know. At the same time, I'm happy with Colin Kaepernick. He won that case. Now he doesn't have to be sitting at home wondering where, where he's going to get that money from, even though he did get that big check from Nike. So, no, I'm not mad at it. And also, I saw this story that uh, one of the store owners who was mad that Nike signed Colin Kaepernick and boycotted Nike because of that, his store closed because um, he stopped selling Nike products in his store. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, just go with black people, listen to black people, and you'll be fine. Don't play on anything else but black, and you'll be fine. <sighs> I'm just happy. Oh, man. That story right there, warm, that story warmed my heart when I read it. When this white man thought about him not putting Nike of all products in a sports store, he's going to jump out the window. Oh, I'm, I'm banning Nike because they behind Colin Kaepernick. So I'm getting rid of all my Nike stuff, and I'm not going to sell it. And what did he do? Proceed to do what? Two or three months later? Fail. <laughs> he knew he was going to fail. 
He's stupid. Like, like I don't get what is what is oh, the purpose having of this? a sports store. Having a sports store without Nike is, is like a milk shop with no milk. <laughs> you think? Uh, like what's wrong with you? You can't you can't hate black people that much, or I don't know. Maybe you just love the military that much, but at at some point you just have to hate black people that much because you know what the issue was. He didn't want. He was fighting for social injustice because he didn't want young black boys being killed by police. So at the end of the day, you can't hate black people that much to boycott Nike. Nike, you said that that's forty percent of your revenue. Forty percent of your revenue, you gonna boycott forty percent of your revenue just because they stand behind a black person and what he believes in? Are you kidding me right now? <sighs> why? Why people are funny? Funny, funny, funny. They really will cut off their nose to spite their face. But <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's on them. More news going on in the NFL. Kareem Hunt, he got signed to the the Browns. Is, uh, were you surprised? Um, not even a little bit. Boy, still nice. And plus, the guy that that drafted him is with the Browns now. So. He's more plugged than anybody else in the NFL. He knows he he put his faith in him the first time. I'm quite sure he felt he's still a good dude at heart. He made a terrible, terrible mistake. Now, I understand why they will it's gonna be some some backlash, obviously. They might as well get him under contract now, let him get suspended, and they they got his um in his good graces, so he'll re-sign him when he is eligible to get back in the league. They'll give him probably like a six, eight game suspension, and then boom, they got a nice all pro running back. That's why I thought it was stupid for the, the Kansas City Chiefs to get rid of him. At the end of the day, what what's really going to happen to um, Kareem Hunt? He can still run really fast. He scored a bunch of touchdowns last time we saw him. He was he took over the lead the last time we saw him, basically. He ain't going nowhere. This is not Ray Rice situation where Ray Rice was, he was basically on his last legs in Baltimore, and he did what he did in the elevator with his wife, his now wife, and he he messed up, like it's not the same situation. Cream Hunt, what happened with him? What he did was wrong. By the end of the day, he could still run really fast. And Kansas City should have kept him on his roster. They probably should have suspended indefinitely because somebody out there was gonna sign him. And the only people that really mad about him being signed are people that was like are just mad that their team didn't sign him first because it was gonna happen eventually. Like someone was gonna sign him because he could still play. At the end of the day. Now, if he couldn't play, it would be a whole different story. But actually, I thought it would have been interesting, this whole thing, if Colin Kaepernick wasn't signed. If Colin, well, Colin Kaepernick still isn't signed. I just think it's funny that Colin Kaepernick didn't get signed. Why Colin Kaepernick can't get signed when people like Green Hunt get signed, Greg Hardy, all the other players, they get signed. Yeah. They're doing that's, way that's why they paid him the $80 million. They knew what time it was. Yeah. They, pay, they basically paid him to go away. That's why I was wondering, like, how can he be a sellout for just taking money? The fact that they giving him money proves everything he was basically saying. So, oh, I don't know, man. And this whole cream hunt thing, like I said, it's just, I'm not really surprised at all. No one should have been surprised about the signing because someone was going to do it eventually. I'm mad. My t- I'm mad. Jesse didn't think to sign him quick enough. Like, you could have just, you could have just signed him. And, like, someone was going to sign him. I know it was probably wrong for me to say why didn't, why didn't the Jets sign him, but he was going to get signed eventually. By but, somebody. By somebody. Yeah. They just, they just, they just, everyone was just, they were playing the waiting game. Like, yo, you could tell that all, everyone was probably thinking, like, oh, what's a, what's a good amount of time to, like, let pass before I sign him? It won't look too bad. I won't look too eager or look too, like, oh, 
this is a bad look for me to do this right now. And that's all you're doing. What? Speaking of the AFC North, let's talk about this, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Antonio Brown, him wanting to be traded from the Steelers, requesting that on Twitter. What did you think of him doing that? Um, He just, he pretty much, I guess he's fed up with the Steelers. Um, I know he's definitely fed up with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and he is, he probably, that's probably what it is. Like that, from when that report that he was upset that he didn't get the, the MVP. Granted, that's, that's some diva stuff, but it's probably more deep rooted than that as fell because all season long, Ben was throwing little shots. So if he was throwing little shots in the press, he probably was throwing little shots in the locker room too. And it just rubbed Antonio Brown the wrong way. He's pouting right now. He don't feel appreciated. He wants to go elsewhere. It's probably time to go elsewhere as well. And because they're not doing nothing in, in, in Pittsburgh. But I heard they, they president called him in. I guess they might be trying to work things out. Or they might try to work out a trade. But I don't mind changing the scenery for Antonio Brown. Now, they will be they will be stupid to let him go for anything less than a first-round pick. They'll probably just put the second-round pick in a player or something like that. But he's a beast out there. He may put up numbers like Randy Moss and Jerry Rice. I wouldn't go as far to say that he's on their level, though. But he's a good player. Antonio, Antonio, Antonio. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I, I find it all hilarious, to be to be honest. I don't really care for the Steelers anymore. I think I told you this. I tell you this all the time. I do not like the Steelers. Ever since what the offensive line did to Le'Veon Bell, anything that happens to the Steelers, I don't care. I think it's hilarious. I do, I do feel bad for my time because I don't like a black coach going through this, going through such turmoil because it looks bad on him. But it's also his fault because he let... Them all get away with this bullcrap behavior where they get away with murder as long as they produce on the field. And I understand that Big Ben, he produces on the field, but he's a terrible leader. And Antonio Brown, he's been the same way his whole career. You should have stopped him right when you had the chance. And now it's too late. And you don't even know anymore. Like, at this point, I feel like you got to get rid of him because just everything that's going on in the locker room, you got to put your foot down at some point. You got to say, like, yo, I'm not going to take this anymore and take control back of the team. I think you said this, that they lost their culture. They lost the Steelers' way. They're not the same. They don't bring that same fear into your heart when you see them on the, on the field. It is not the same at all. So for them to, like, get back to where they used to be, I think step one, you got to get rid of either Big Ben or Antonio Brown. My thing, I would get rid of Big Ben because he ain't got but so many years left in his career. He probably got one or two more years. Antonio Brown, he got maybe Larry Fitzgerald did moving into the slot. Antonio Brown could go moving into the slot. So he got another, maybe he's 31, maybe another six good years left in him where he could be productive on a team. I'd rather, I'd rather keep him and bring someone else in to get another culture into that locker room because... What's going on now between Antonio Brown and Big Ben Roethlisberger? Antonio Brown liking tweets about Big Ben Roethlisberger basically saying that why is everyone turning their back on Antonio Brown when Ben Roethlisberger was accused of raping two girls, which is messed up. But at the same time, he ain't, he ain't wrong. Ben Roethlisberger did some things in that town too. So they both got things that they need to answer for and talk about by people, not only Antonio Brown and what things that he's done on the team. So... To me, one of them has to go. If Antonio Brown has to go, I would love him to come to my Jets, come play with um, Sam Darnold, be on the other side of 
Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anuwa and Chris Herndon, that little group. And also, if we get Le'Veon Bell to come with that, I'll be happy with that. Or, I know a lot of people, Jerry Rice is really feeding for him to come play with the San Francisco 49ers. If he wants to go play with the 49ers, that'll be a nice little pickup for them as well. To him, we'll go with George Kittle and Pierre Garçon left. But to him, to have him and Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle, that could be like a little nucleus there for them. Any other team, I really don't see it. Because I, I saw an article say that they don't want him to go to the Patriots or anyone else in the AFC North. So not the Browns, not the Baltimore Ravens, and obviously not the Bengals as well. So at least only the NFC. And I can't think of any team that's really going to be willing to trade a first-round pick. Maybe Green Bay. No. I wouldn't, Green Bay, I wouldn't want to do that if I'm them. I, don't, I can't think of anyone else that really that really would go that step, possibly give up a first-round pick for Antonio Brown, other than my team, the Jets, and the 49ers. Do you think of anybody? The only team that I would think that it wouldn't really hurt them is the Patriots. The, the Green Bay should, should definitely think about it. If they want to give Aaron Rodgers a, a legit shot, Who's the, I forget the name of the uh, wide receiver they got right now, but he's nice. The number one receiver. I can't Devontae remember his Adams, name. I think. Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams. He's a, he's a good player. Kuzma won the MVP? Mm. Kuzma wins Rising Stars MVP. That's a good sign for the Lakers. Hopefully that can help them turn their season around. Out of all the players on the team, he fits the best. Is that going to Out of all, all the players on the Lakers, he fits the best. I don't know if it's going to help him win, though, this year. <laughs> oh. We talked about what we talked about. We talked about Antonio Brown. You done with Antonio Brown? Yeah, uh, I guess Joe Flacco. Yep, last Joe Flacco, Mister Flacco. How you feel about Flacco going to the Broncos? I don't know what John Elway's doing. Um, he is swinging and missing, swinging and missing. He got a home run on his on his first move for Peyton Manning, but after that, oh, swinging and miss. Uh, Paston Lynch, swinging and miss. Simeon, swinging and miss. Uh, we had somebody else, <laughs> and then another swing and miss with uh, Case Keenum. Yeah, they about to put a lot of money in two quarterbacks do the same exact thing. Nothing. <laughs> no, <laughs> a whole lot of nothing. He won a he won a chip, yeah, but he it was mostly yeah he got hot at the right time, and but that was the best he played in his entire career, and he's never revisited it again. He's literally been the worst quarterback in the league ever since he's won the Super Bowl. He got his money, and he, he forgot how to play, or he just happy he got paid and said he ain't got to get better no more. I ain't got nothing to say about Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco sucks. I haven't. <laughs> I really don't like Joe Flacco. He hasn't done anything in the league since that. Yeah, since he won that title. I'm trying to think, did he make the playoffs after he won the title? I don't think he did. Joe Flacco sucks, man. I don't know. It was just a waste of a move to bring all that money in. And like you say, he does the same thing as Trevor. Um, what's his name? Trevor Simeon. Same thing as Trevor Simeon. And what's Case Keenum? Absolutely nothing. They're not going to win a title with him. John Elway always feels like they're a quarterback away. I don't think they're a quarterback away. And the quarterback away is not Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's good. Joe Flacco was good. I mean, if you could find someone else that could carry you to the playoffs and let Joe Flacco take over from there. He's like Nick Foles. He comes up in the playoffs. That's the only time he comes big and he actually shows up. Joe Flacco sucks. Other than that, I don't see any reason why John Elway did this. But if he's trying to buy time and hopefully he's trying to see Joe Flacco do something and then maybe he can go pick up 
a quarterback in the draft like two years down the road. I know Trevor Lawrence from Clemson is supposed to be available by then. And also, if they suck enough this year, they could possibly get Tua at the end of this year and be happy with that. Because they're going to need a quarterback. Because Joe Flacco ain't it. What do you thought about Colin Murray going for the NFL draft? I thought it was a smart move. He could always go back to baseball more so than him going to baseball trying to get back into NFL. It's an easier transition he did it the way the way that he did it. I think the Dolphins might pick him up. Might be a good pickup because they need a quarterback. They're not too short on Tannehill. Now, I heard of something out there where the Giants might trade up to, and trade for Rosen and they give up their pick to the to, to Phoenix and or yeah, Phoenix Cardinals and the Cardinals will pick Kyler Murray. So they basically they would trade Josh Rosen. Maybe I got that wrong. That don't make no sense. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. They'll trade they'll trade the number six pick for Josh Rosen, and then they'll pick Kyler Murray with the first hole. It makes sense. But I, yeah, yeah, I would only way I would do that from them is if. Dwayne Haskins is off the board. I would, if I'm the Giants, I would try to trade because if you yeah, if you're not gonna get Colin Murray, the next best quarterback is Dwayne Haskins. So I would wait. I would try to trade up to like the number two or number three slot. I think my Jets are number three. So hey, come ask the Jets for a trade. You pick up an extra pick from the draft. You can have Dwayne Haskins. If you can't get a trade, and Dwayne Haskins is off the board, and all the quarterbacks that you want off the board, and you like Josh Rosen. I say that's not a bad trade for you're gonna spend that first round pick on a quarterback anyway, so might as well pick up Josh Rosen, who you think could be a good quarterback, and you could groom him behind Eli Manning for this year. He's probably gonna end up playing after like four. He's like, or five he's like games. an Eli Manning type. He's an Eli Manning type quarterback. Yeah, he's an Eli Manning type quarterback, and he can learn under him and stuff like that. Or Josh Rosen, if I'm him, I would want to go. I would find a way. I would want to go to the Patriots. Go be um, Tom Brady's backup or something. Because if the Cardinals do want to um, pick up Kyle Murray, they're not going to keep Josh Rosen. So, Patriots, they have a bunch of picks. So, they could trade a pick. If it's only a 32 pick, why not? We'll see. I think Kyle Murray doing the NFL draft thing was the best thing for his brand, first off. Because he's going to be the first player that's going to get picked in the first round of two major sports. One. And then he's the NFL quarterback. Typically, I would say, if I'm a parent of a child who plays sports, or if I'm a girl who wants to find a, a baller, I'm going after basketball, baseball, soccer, or hockey player because all their money is guaranteed. Typically, and I thought Kyler Murray, he should run to baseball because the money is guaranteed. But at the end of the day, he's not going to make it actually into the major league level for like another four or five years. And if you're going to be the NFL quarterback, and if you're nice, you can make $100 million after your, after your rookie deal, and you're going to get endorsements. You know how much money this man is gonna make if he just if he goes football route first and he becomes a star in football and says, you know what, hey, I'm gonna go play baseball now. Now he can bring that star power from football into baseball. He could be a person that blows up baseball if he's actually nice at baseball. He could be a person that actually changed baseball's fortune and actually has a star in that league for once, has some star power. Cool. That's how I look at it for for Colin Murray. I know it probably won't turn out that way, but. I support him doing what he loves. Since he loves football, go ahead and do that. All right. Anything else that we have to touch on this week? It has been a long one. Anything else you can think of? My Yankees, um, forgot. They signed Luis Cervino to a four-year deal. 
I thought it was kind of cheap, cheap though. It was, like cheap, 40 it was forty million. Like that's nothing. And he's like, I know he hasn't they, showed up they in the playoffs. Pockets like it used to in, in baseball. Which is a shame. Like I think it's a shame that um Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still don't have a contract, and it's been like three months since the free agent period. I don't get how that's ridiculous. I, I think they should stop giving ten year contracts. Give like three five year contracts now. It's like and go away from these ten year long ass. Don't want to play for no one team for no ten years no more. But that's what they asking for. But that's what they asking for. They want the ten year three hundred million. Like no, like I wouldn't want. I don't know why they even thought. Like who even thought of this ten year contract? But yeah, they should stay away from that. Like just do like like a nice three year deal, three year ninety million dollar deal. You still getting your money at the end of the day. And still come to the come to the Yankees, Manny Machado. That's all I hope for. But the Yankees got a bargain. With that um, Luis Cervino deal, forty million dollars for f- over four years for a person that was in the running for a Cy Young. <laughs> I know he didn't come up big in the playoffs, but he still was one of the top pitchers in the league last year. But yeah, it was definitely a, a great time here on the Super Junior Podcast. Uh, I had a great time speaking on um, what I love sports. And um, gave me the platform, so I appreciate that, uh, my good sir. And um, I'll uh, you should continue on with this, and um, this could be this could be big. Thank you, I appreciate. Thank you for coming on, Andre. Thank you for being the first guest. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in again. We're gonna check back in next week. Until then, you guys can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at superjunior underscore ninety three. You can leave your comments. And you can talk about any of the sports topics that we discussed today in the episode. And also, you guys can subscribe to the podcast on the website. It's located on all my social media platforms. You can click it right there. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Until next week. Yes, Lord. It's the shit I want to go out to. Yeah. Yeah. It's the shit I want to go out to. Yeah. <laughs>